Hey, that's just a sample of We Are Nerds, which is the brand new single by me, Justin Timpain, one half of Trek Hop. So listen, go on iTunes and get it for yourself. It's only 99 cents. It's also on Amazon. It's on Spotify. It's wherever you buy your music, Google Play, it's going to be there. So look for We Are Nerds. And then you can, if you need to add my name, Justin Timpane, T-I-M-P-A-N-E, it goes to help us make this show. It goes to help us make more songs like that. But please, please get a copy of We Are Nerds. You can see the video on YouTube. That's We Are Nerds. Okay, Time for Trek Off. Warning, the following contains plot spoilers and naughty language. That means explicit content. And the comments and opinions expressed herein are for entertainment and commentary purposes only and may not reflect the actual opinions of Geeks Radio or the individual hosts. So don't get mad. It's just a show. It's time for Trek Off. Enterprise Double D. Welcome to Trek Off. My name is Justin. And my name's Alexia. And today, <laughs> my balls hurt. Uh, balls and shit. I just shit. want to put it straight out there. I've been sitting in these pants and they were just riding the wrong way. Don't you hate that? <laughs> and you know what's funny? That you made this comment about your balls because like I was recently, uh, we showed our, our niece, uh, just one of the guys. Have you seen this? Oh Classic my gosh, 80s. that old, the old 80s, yeah. I love that movie. It's so good. She had never seen it, and she loved it. And there's that whole fucking scene where he's talking about balls, like talking about how she has to learn to itch them and adjust them if she's going to try to be a guy. She's like, maybe my balls don't itch. He's like, all balls itch. It's a fact. Like, it's just so funny. <laughs> don't you like totally also see her boobs in that movie? Oh, God, you do. And they're, and they're glorious boobs. Like, oh my god! They're like I full remember that and like perky and like cr- like crazy, awesomely good. And I'm like, and it's Man. weird though because she's also she's also the main character. That's something you didn't do a lot in the '80s movies, is have the main character have a big nude scene and also still be the main. It was always like well, and the thing the is, side. in this particular film, like it wasn't this gratuitous thing. It wasn't like she's at a beach topless. Like well, I guess she actually kind of is technically at a beach topless, but um, it's the reveal. Like she's telling him that she's a girl, and he's like get out of here he doesn't fucking believe her so she like shows him she's like like there's a reason for it and it's okay with me then like it's not just a hey she's got titties check it out it's like he doesn't believe her and so she like fucking opens it up and he's like what what are you doing what why do you have tits like yeah where do you get off i love i love that in the 80s though what i love about in the 80s is that in the 80s everybody was an idiot evidently because all you needed to do was tape down your boobs because you couldn't possibly be a girl with small boobs and then also have short hair and then you're totally a guy. There's nothing else about you. I don't know, no, man. She kind of pulled it off. I mean, I know her small, little guy voice. Was small little... hands don't matter. The shape of your face, your bone structure, none of it. No, of it. You there are guys totally that look like fit. that. There are some guys that have very, you know, delicate features. Perfect example, Eddie Redmayne. That's why he's Eddie Redmayne, who is that... now playing a girl. Yeah. And he, oh my God! And also, saw that too. It, really and, and also, isn't he also in the new Harry Potter thing? Uh, that I don't know. In Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. We didn't see the oh, trailer for one. that one, so I don't know. You got to download it, man. It's awesome. Um, but you know what's cool? Hey. Since we're talking about just one of the guys, you know who's in that movie, right? The guy in the movie. Who? The, you know yeah. who that is, right? No, who? Are you kidding me? It's been a long time. He's on Star Trek. He's on that episode. Oh my God! Let's just with, do this longer. With Kardak. <laughs> With remember he co- he he go he he de ages on the episode because he's got to go back and oh uh, what was the name of the episode son of a bitch I don't know the name 
I suck. I'm not like you. Whoa. He he has to, he's what? going on a he's a um an old dignitary like an old um diplomat, and he's got his. Is wife. he the guy in the wheelchair who like attacks Riker with the electric hands? No. Is he that guy? No, 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 no. no. He's going to this planet like they've there's terrorist like shit going on, and so he goes back. And because uh, they've requested him, they're the only person they will like listen to that they will have on their behalf is him. And like he's really old and he's really not well. And so he got these crazy pills that he'd gotten for himself and his wife to to like de-age. But he knew that he needed to be strong for this. And so he took it all. And like he, by the end, he fucking dies, of course, because his body can't handle the, the changes that it's going through. So Seems quickly. like they did this a lot. Like that, I was just like, that's the episode of, that's the same one as the first time you see the trill. That's the one where, that's the one where like someone needs to stay young. So he's sucking all the youth from counselor Troy. Like there's a lot of like, how cool is it when the old guy gets younger? I guess that's kind of true. But in this particular one, what I think was great about the episode is the, is the reveal about what really happened all those years ago. Like he tells the captain what he did. He's like, he's like, well, you did that. You, you managed peace all those years ago. Like, what did you do then? He's like, well, I, what they wanted was weapons. And, uh, and I gave it to them. But then I also gave it to the other side. My interpretation of the prime directive. I was like, oh my God, dude, that's whoa. Who do you, who the fuck do you think you are? Kirk? So, so that's why I loved him, of course, because he's a sexy. B, he did some Kirk ass shit, and so I was all for it. Because that's what you Kirk does, by the way. That's that is also Kirk's interpretation of the Prime Directive is I mean, to give both sides weapons. It's kind of an interpretation that works if you have to use it. I'm just saying. <laughs> I, no, not really. <laughs> it is though. Sure, it totally. The man is. can make mistakes. The man has foibles. Okay, but don't it's, you remember this episode? And then when he's when he's dying, and she's talking, and he says, "You're so beautiful," or whatever, and she's like talking about how her hair is gray. He says, "All I can see is the gold," and then he dies. It's, I kind of remember it. Yeah, is that that's not episode. the uh, that's not the we'll always have Paris episode, is it? No. Where the white, where his like girlfriend wife is also like I don't know. Anyway. Wow. Um, I do have other Star Trek things things to talk about. Oh, I'm so excited! I talked with, uh, I chatted with uh, Mr. A about this earlier. Do you know they're making this giant, incredible, big budgeted Star Trek movie that they're doing a Kickstarter for called Anaxar? Have you heard about this? Uh, I have not. Okay, so it's a Kickstarter. Um, hey, and by the way, we're really gonna try to get our good friends uh, before I do anything else. We're going to try really hard to get um, our good friends, uh, Paul Sieber and uh, John Broughton on our show before the end of their Kickstarter. And we really do want to get them on before their Kickstarter ends in January. But uh, I want to call out right now that uh, the Farragut folks have been really good to us and they're making their final episode. Um, and so uh, go check them out. Uh, they, uh, If you look up Farragut on, uh, on Kickstarter, uh, just let me just see where it is. Hold on. If I look up Farragut on Kickstarter, there we go. Uh, Starship Farragut, the crossing um, is, uh, let's see when it ends. I'm trying to see when it ends. It won't tell me when it ends. Son of a bitch. Why won't you tell me when it ends? It's a big mystery. Um, um, well, it would be helpful if it knew, if it, it won't tell me where it ends, but anyway, 
go and give to their project, um, which ends at some point. Um, so do it sooner maybe, rather than later, because if it's not telling us, like, or maybe it already it. ended. It's not giving me the option. Maybe it already ended. It said pledged, so it looks like they reached their goal. I oh, guess. That's good. either way. Starship Starship <laughs> Farragut is coming to a close. Um, and if you have a way to support them, please do. Um, all that being said, uh, um, there's another one called NXR, also uh, in Kickstarter. And it is got a much uh, larger budget. And I'm just looking it up here now. Bear with us, audience, because this is going to be worth it. If you just give me a fucking second, okay? Hold on. <laughs> okay. I'm a little angry sometimes. Yeah, he's, Interesting. he's a little... He's a little crazy sometimes. That's why he's not like prepared. Hello! I've had I I had a, an Irish coffee, um, and so ah, um, wow, that explains so much. Well, <laughs> maybe it's been taken down. This is amazing. So okay. Whoa! Uh, what? So all right. So um, there's a film called uh, an XR. Uh, are called Prelude to NXR, which is a Star Trek fan film that they uh, were trying to raise like a million dollars to do uh, to do right. And they were trying to raise enough money to to get like actual cast members involved and there are ways to donate. Um, so it was going to have Richard Hatch, Tony Todd. Uh, it was going to have J.G. Hertzler. It was going to have Gary Graham, who was... Uh, um, the main Vulcan uh, from Enterprise. It was going to have uh, cameos by a bunch of other characters. The point being that uh, that CBS turned around and uh, and has basically said, no, I'm going to read this to you. This is from uh, Inquisitor.com. And uh, I'm just going to so right in the middle of their uh, article here. I'm trying to see who wrote it. Uh, this article was written by a person on Inquisitor. Uh, it says news worth sharing, so I'm allowed to share. Having reached the funding goal for Prelude to NXR, pro- producer of the project had planned to go into production in January, but the sudden news of this lawsuit has put a halt to those plans. The lawsuit claims the film too closely resembles a Star Trek property. The law specifies that NXR infringes plaintiff's works by using innumerable copyrighted elements of Star Trek, including its settings characters, species, and themes. The lawsuit further states that the film's producers have used such elements and ways to give prelude to an XR the look and feel of a Star Trek movie, and CBS and Paramount are seeking damages for direct, contributory, and vicarious copyright infringement, according to the suit filed in federal court in Los Angeles. The complaint names both NXR Productions and Alec Peters, who functions as both actor and producer on the project, as defendants. Whoa. Um, anyway, trekoffmovie.com is the place to go. So wait, like, were they trying to make money off of this film or were they just, no, they're just, they were just spending too much money. They they were trying to raise too much money to make it right, to make a million dollar Star Trek fan film. And, uh, yeah. And CBS was like, oh, hell no. CBS was like, all right, you've gotten too big. You've gotten too good. Um, and why would they care uh, if it's too good? Like if they're if if they're not if they're not actually profiting off of said film, like there is no copyright infringement, is there? Like, don't you have? Well, to no, be there there is profit? no no that 
No, no, it's it's you know when you infringe somebody's copyright, the copyright is exactly what it sounds like. The right to copy it, the right to make <clears throat> derivative works from it, is belongs to the people who own that property. Um, whether or not you make money on it, if you aren't making money on it, then it gets into it's a little bit more gray, and it's a fan film, and you know, blah blah blah. Um, uh, and you can make money on things that that are related to that property. You can do a documentary about it, like we're doing, or a show, right. like we're doing. Um, uh, you can have a a review show. You know, the Siskel and Ebert ran on the air forever, and they are not infringing copyright, even though they use the films in their show. Right. So, so that is not uh, that is not necessarily the, the, the so their position that is, that is that it's that it was going to be good enough to be competitive like yeah their, their position is like there is that but they could conceivably do that to all of the fan films if they so chose if they so chose um just this one got big enough that they were like oh hell no yeah they could do to any of them. They could say they, they could, could go, go to Farragut to, and say nope, no more. They could go to nope, Star no, Trek more. You're, you're, no you're, more. You're clear. Yeah, you're clearly in the Star Trek universe and cease and desist. Um, but it's something that really bothers me because, like, the fan community in Star Trek has been so prolific in their in their artistry. It bums me out that suddenly, like, CBS and Paramount, like, this is a like they're going to try and make a, an example out of this guy. Now, granted he went on you know, Facebook and is trying to raise a million dollars and doing kind of well. So, you know, and sorry, he's, he's doing it on Indiegogo. He's raised, um, $567,000 to make it. Wow. You know, people have given that much money for the film to be made. Um, <clears throat> So like, let's not act like a, a million dollar budget is is a big budget film, though. You know, what no, I mean? it's not a big budget film, but it's a bigger For a fan film. film than... It absolutely is. Sure. But I'm saying like, like, it's still it's not competing with your average blockbuster. Like, that's no millions and billions. It's that's a lot of money. Like, but so... you know what? It's maybe competing. I wonder if this has something to do with the new show with the new show that's coming out <clears throat> well because now it's not just competing with the show you know they've allowed all these fan. you know you didn't have found films like this back when you know next gen was on the air right. you just couldn't do it um so they've allowed this to exist but now that they want to have a show you know what if this film is really good right you know what if this and is what, people what if it's want? better than the show somehow and then or not even better than the show but what if what if you know people want more of this and not more of the show it's diluting the 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 fan base i don't know yeah i it's just it's i don't know it, it is really... unfortunate because i mean really star trek fans are some of the most dedicated like as a fan base like that's something they like i so i like i said on my birthday I had a pretty great day i watched uh star trek movies and played uh, video games uh but like one of like we basically wound up watching like not all of my birthday, but like starting on my birthday, we got up watching rewatching all of the original series movies, um, starting from four forward, um, because I started on my birthday and I was like, I I can't I can't do uh, Spock die, <laughs> can't do it. <laughs> um, even if we watch three next after that, I can't do it. So uh, <laughs> so we started at four, uh, which is a good place to start because there's nothing 
a horribly offensive going on in four. There's nothing that's going to make me cry my eyes out. I mean, I have happy tears of joy at the end, but like generally it's just a good time. Um, and something that I had not done before, um, like I have like the really nice special edition, like, you know, Blu-ray with all the extras. And I had never really watched all of these interviews from, um, and the, and these were like long interviews from when they filmed them initially. Like, I don't know if, if these interviews were what, like, they wanted just using, like, snippets or something for, like, some special that went on TV. You know how they had that stuff, even, you know, back in the 80s. They would have, like, some little 30-minute, you know, and then they'd have little uh, interview excerpts. But, like, these were, like, long interviews, like, half-hour interviews with each character. Um, and I'd never seen them before, and I was like, this is fucking great, I'm watching this shit, right? And one of the things that they kind of all talk about is the fans is just how dedicated they were and how um like how every like the fir- I, I forget who was talking about I want to say it was Jimmy Dewan that was talking about the um like the very first Star Trek convention that they all like ever did right like and I think that was even before the movies launched like somebody was like hey we're gonna do this thing and they went and they did it in New York and they were like okay well yeah sure why not you know and I think they had expected like maybe 300 people to show up. Like that was their goal. They were like, we, we think we can make that happen. Right. And he's like, 3000 people showed up. Wow. Right. Like, I mean, it was nowhere. It's not like it just was like more than they thought. Like it was way, 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 way more than they thought. Like they were like, holy shit. And then like each subsequent one, he was like every single one after that. Like, then they thought that's how many it would be. And then it was like 10,000. And then it was like, you know what I mean? I was like, holy crap. You know what I mean? Like, it's, that's Star Trek fans for you, though. Like, we fucking love well, it. And that's, and I think, I think the, the thing that concerns me, I guess the thing that, that makes me wonder about where this could go is there's, a, there's a thing that started happening in the comic book industry, which is um, the comic book artists uh, would go to comic book conventions and for money, you could give them $30 and they would draw your favorite character. Who do you want me to draw? And they draw their favorite character and, and you know, they'd sell that. Um, and what started happening is there, there started to be rumbling within certain comic book companies saying, uh, you can't draw pictures of our characters and sell them. What? You can't do that. That's now... I sort of understand because there are people who that they make their living do, doing this. You know, there, it would be like somebody going out and making their living off of Ninja's Versus without consulting me or asking me what I thought about it or sharing any of that money with me. Uh-huh. Um, and what gets me worried is that there's a lot of commerce that goes into um, these things. And, and really, if I make a Starfleet symbol and put it on my shirt... I have now broken somebody's copyright. Like I've made something that I don't have the right to make that belongs to someone else. And I've made a copy of it. That's what copyright is. Right. Like, um, I mean, that's like saying like a friend of mine got these really cute little earrings off of Etsy that I was like, I totally need to get a pair of these. Like they were these cute little, you know, just, it was just, just a Star Trek symbol, you know, like in blue um, in various colors. I was, but you know, she was smart and got blue science. Um, but like, yeah, like so that person they they would say you can't do that anymore. Like, but what about the artistry they're bringing to it? Like, what about well, the, and that's you know that's I mean? the thing though. That's the thing. That's what that's what really scares me because if this lawsuit is successful, 
They could go after every fan series. They could go after fan fiction. They could go after cosplay. They could go after, right? you know, I don't think I don't think they could go after us because we are, you know, frankly, we 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 do a, a fair deal of making fun of Star Trek. Um, for instance, here is Spock jerking off on McCoy. Ha 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 ha. See, satire. This is a highbrow, satirical, intellectual show. <laughs> I just want to put it out there. <laughs> I just want to put it out there. Hey, That's look, the it's Scotty's pussy. Show. Hello, Scotty's pussy. I wasn't expecting you to have a pussy, Scotty. Ha, ha, ha. Good. Satire. Satire. <laughs> so Yeah, like why that's is also it okay my... if satire and or parody, but not if it's just like I love this thing and like I'm not trying to it's pass how, it off it's how the law thing. it's well that's how the law is written though. The law is if you're commenting on a thing, it's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, Weird Al can turn around and without permission use the tune of a song to make fun of that song. But he can't just go do a remake of that song. Right. You know, it's weird. And it's, it's you know, I understand from a legal standpoint where they would have a leg to stand on. I've always wondered when this day would come, kind of. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I always, always I wondered, mean, the thing like, is, I guess for me, it's like I, I understand um, if someone's actually, like, encroaching on your shit. Right? Like... You're a big fucking, you're fucking CBS and Paramount and shit. You know what I mean? Like, if someone's actually, like, say, NBC, and they're like, we're going to put on the Star Trek series, but we're not going to get your permission, like, even though you own that shit, by all means. Like, uh, no, you can't do that. <laughs> like, that's not going to work out. Um, but I guess, I guess the, if it's where it not gets actually a, little... a direct competition, I don't, like if they're not trying to make your money and not give you a cut and stuff like that, like I don't, that's where I get confused by it. Like, I don't understand well, why you, cause like, here's the thing. Like I could be doing that shit in my home, man. I could, you know what I mean? I could be doing it with like, I could make fan fiction out of like various, uh, sexual fluids and it would never leave my house. And so no one but me would even know it existed. Like, well, here's so the thing though. If you do it out of sexual, that's why the porn parody people can go do it. Cause they're making, clearly a derivative work that is making fun of the original work also with dicks and vaginas like that's so that's why you can have batman a porn parody because they figured out that oh this is fundamentally different than than batman it's clearly not batman like it's clearly making a commentary on batman by saying how funny would it be if you could watch you know batman fuck robin which you know okay if that's what you like um, sure. Uh, I couldn't. I could never really get into the porn parody. I don't think I haven't tried. Uh, you know, but I, I think I, I think I I, tr- I tried. Um, I, I think I've done. The, I've I've watched a couple of like the soft porn parody, and it's just it's just too awful to even be able to watch. Like clearly, even if it was just, good, even if it was top notch, like it would just be kind of like I I don't these no these things are too ah no. <laughs> Yeah, like, like I think like, I think I think like at a. It's base like putting level, chocolate in my peanut butter, except it's like putting dicks in my peanut butter. No, <laughs> I think for me it's like it's it's it becomes inherently funny, right? For some reason, I think it's like, meant to I be. Though. I, think, like, I told you about my favorite porno of all time. Um, what is it? it? It's um, it's called it's it's because it's really really funny. It's called Beauty and the Beast. And it's, oh really? Oh god, yeah, like so weird. <laughs> like I was visiting a friend. Um, with my boyfriend at the time, we were visiting a friend um, at college, 
and like we were just staying at his place or whatever while he was uh you know doing school or whatever and we're like looking through his videos to like find something to watch right and like we find this this fucking porno beauty of the beast i was like oh we gotta watch this and like we put this thing on and this is like some 70s like era uh porn and like i got it's it's so funny i can't possibly like the guy is all done up in like the beast makeup and everything <laughs> like it's so funny and they're like having the sex scene and he's like he's like rrr, rrr. he's like growling <laughs> it's oh my god it's so damn funny like i'm like who's getting hot watching this like i i mean you know if you do Hey, to each their own. But like, I just, I just couldn't. I just, it wasn't making me aroused. Um, I wasn't like, oh, baby, let's, uh, let's get it on right now. I just, it was. In the eighties, it, it got much filthier, and they started calling it booty in the yeast. Oh no! Oh, it was, it was really. Brie brings a totally new meaning to the words "tail as old as time." Uh, just saying. <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> Sorry. My point is, I think not, that, that if you take not my some, joke. <laughs> I think in, in fairness, in fairness, that's my my buddy that my buddy Tom had that joke, so I will give the credit to him where it's due. Okay, <laughs> but I just I think that once you take once you portify uh, something uh, that was serious, I don't I don't know that there's a way to do it that doesn't turn out funny. Is really where I was going with yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, it's just <laughs> because sex sex is ridiculous, and that's that's you know. There's no, there's, there's no other way to point to, to do it. If you're turning on all the lights, you know what? It's kind of funny. Um, <laughs> I don't know if um, I agree with that assessment, but I think if you're, if you're in fan, if you're in any universe that's a serious place, um, I, th- I think there's no way you, uh, that I anyway, maybe not. I don't want to speak for everyone. I don't think there's anyone I could get like caught up in and be like, oh, that's so hot. Just me. Like even so, if it was like uh, really what was, well done. So we don't have a ton of time today, but I do want to hear about your experience watching all of the Star Trek films. Was it um, you talked about the, those interviews? Were there any other like little nuggets of wisdom that you pulled out from having watched them all? Well, so here's the so we so we watched four right, and it was every uh, bit as awesome and glorious as I recall. Um, I love it. I love everything about it. And um, and what was interesting in the interviews on that one was them talking about. Uh, the potential for a Star Trek five. And what I learned in all of these interviews that I didn't know before was that like kind of every time they made one, there was this, um, you know, maybe if if this does well, you know, we'll see about making another one. Like it wasn't like we are now where like pretty much once oh nine hit, like there was talk of, Oh, we're doing another one. Um, well, well, sure. Like I mean, and if you the star the Star Trek memories <laughs> books are about that a lot too. They're really worth reading. If you haven't read the Star Trek movie memories book, it's amazing. I have not. It's by William Shatner. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, dude. I haven't. Get um, it on audiobook. You'll love it. Just let him just talk. Right. Like let him let him let him give you sweet oral in your ear, pussy, as, Ke- as Kevin Smith would say. <laughs> I could totally see doing that. Actually, that's a good or- oral a a u r a l. Yes. I- Again, not my joke. Oh, we'll see. Well, don't make clever jokes and then, like, just steal them from others. No, uh, no. I'm going to say all a bunch of clever things and just credit it. It's what I'm going to do now. Okay. And if I credit it, it's not copyright infringement. That's, that's right. That's that you're, you're giving credit where credit is due. That is correct. <laughs> um, but, like, so they, they all talk about that. And, like, it's so – what's cool about watching the interviews in particular is it's, like, a snapshot in time. You know what I mean? Like, from where they are in that moment. When they're about to 
to like finish the movie and and hope their hopes for what people will think uh, when they see it, how they'll feel. Um, and what I thought was interesting was like they all kind of didn't want to talk, particularly in Star Trek Four. They didn't want to uh, give away too much of the plot, and uh, and. D-Boy actually directed that one, and, and he uh, actually says that it doesn't have a message, like that there's no real message. It's not a mess. It's not one of the message movies, and I'm like, that's really interesting, because I really feel like it is. <laughs> like, I know, because that's the, that's the Save the Whales movie. That's what you, know, you always think, oh, that's a, that, like, I don't like Star Trek Four, but I think I don't like Star Trek Four because I'm just like, oh, that's just saving the whales. They just want to save the whales in that one, but there's so much more to it when you actually watch it. But oh, God, that, yes. That, you know, people go, Star Trek, is that the one with the whales? That's what people will say. Yeah, a lot of people like Star Trek. Star Trek 4 did really, really well. Like, not just for Star sure. Trek people, but, like, across the board, right? Um, which I attribute to the, the funness of the characters. And, and there's, I mean, any time <laughs> Spock tries to use colorful language, it's it's fucking oh, yeah. comedy gold. I'm sorry. It just is. Or, or when Kirk does, a double oh, dumbass on you. Well, double dumbass on you. My favorite Kirkism in that one, though. Is what he's telling. Um, he's trying to tell her that uh, that Spock is like you know not mentally stable or whatever. And he leans real close to her. Wonder he's like uh, he did, he did a little too much of the uh, the LDS. And I was like, uh... oh! <laughs> oh, it's so good. Um, but things I hadn't realized uh, the last time I watched that film, like that the that you've got Chekhov looking for the the nuclear vessels. And, like, I didn't, like, in context, because when I was watching that movie a lot growing up, like, I was, I guess, kind of aware of the Cold War, but, like, not in a, not in the sort of adult frame that I kind of understand things now, you know? And, like, it's so clear, like, he's, like, asking a cop where, where the nuclear vessels are, and the cop is just fucking stone-faced, and then, like, when they're leaving the place and it can only be about one at a time, I'm like, yeah, leave the Russian for last. That was smart. <laughs> like it's, and they just, they're so clueless though. They don't understand it. You know what I mean? Cause like they don't have that in their time. And I love that. And I feel like it really shows that. Um, and I, I think then we, so then we watched Star Trek five because uh, you know, we had gotten talking about it and he was like, is it really that bad though? I was like, don't you remember? He's like, I really don't. Like, I think I've seen it once because you showed it to me, but like, that's it. So I was like, okay, well then we're fucking watching it because they're all talking about these ideas they have for Star Trek five, um, being more character driven and, and these really cool relationships. And like, I, I'm like, yeah, that's what I love about that movie. Like me personally, I like that movie a lot. Like, I know people, like, get all up on five, but I really enjoy it. And, um... There are parts of it I enjoy. I mean, there are, there are parts of it that are... I feel like it... I feel like um, there's a there's a phrase that they... Um, that they use in the Buffy podcast that I listen to uh, where they call, they call it breaking the world. And they'll say... That they'll accuse Buffy of doing this sometimes. They break the world for the joke. Um... And I feel like they break Scotty for the joke uh, a few times in the yeah, movie. Yeah, they do once. Um, Definitely when he says he knows the ship like the back of his head and then yeah. runs into a beam. Agreed. Um, I but I feel like they 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 break the established world about the way the galaxy works, about getting to uh, you know Spock's character is totally different in this movie. 
um, in what terms of, of well, in that now he has a brother and the brother did this. It was never mentioned before. Uh, Cybok breaks your understanding of, of Vulcans like across the board. They uh, if it were standalone and not rooted in um, in the history of Star Trek, I maybe would not be as bothered by it. But everything about that film or so much of that film flies in the face of everything I understand about Star Trek. Um, the Romulans don't really act like Romulans. The Klingons don't really act like Klingons. The Vulcans don't really act like Vulcans. The Enterprise crew, it, half the time, don't really act like the Enterprise crew. Um, people are are desiring things. There's no reason to think that they would desire. Um, like I think what? the movie succeed. I think the well, I think I think the it. I think Uhura is really underserved in the film, and I think Scotty's really underserved in the film. And I feel like I feel like like everyone is a prop. Except for, frankly, I feel like McCoy is underserved in the film, except for the moments when they're all hanging out in quiet moments. But I will say there's almost nothing better in the original series movies than the campground scene. It's the best thing in maybe in all of six, all six of the movies. It's glorious. Is the campground scene. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just them seeing row, row, row your boat is wonderful. It's wonderful. It. Yeah. I love um, everything about it. And like, and I here's wish the to thing, God that that was the beginning of Star Trek six. <laughs> Here's the thing. It's 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 also like a classic Star Trek story, though. Like this, you know, how many times did they face an alien that was like godlike? You know what I mean? And and like and I just I love where he's like, well, <clears throat> what does God need with a starship? Like like you see their experience there. Like I disagree with you on the you know this this idea that there's. Uh, such a break with what we, the only thing I will agree is the Romulan Romulan chick occurs is I'm like, she's a Romulan. Like that's weird. Um, but other than super hot Romulan chick, I really didn't feel like, cause like, I really love the, 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 the big, um, I guess she's the first officer maybe on the, um, the, uh, the Klingon vessel. She's fucking glorious. Yeah. Like her arms are to fucking die for her. She's, and she's giant. And great, and I love her, um, and I love seeing her, and she's really good. Um, I think she's actually a bodybuilder, um, and it's like more of the sort of thing I want to see, right? Like, like I'd rather see Wonder Woman be played by a bodybuilder. Just saying. Anyway, uh, like, I just want Wonder Woman to be played by someone who can act. That's um, what I want. Let I want her, her to be able, able to act, act, and I want her to also uh, be a bodybuilder. Um, I want her to look right. I want it to be right. And I, I want us to think that it's sexy when women have muscles because it fucking is. Like that's one thing that's that is also sexy. Um, anyway, I, I like the, the interactions between the characters. Um, and I don't feel like Sabak, Cybok breaks Vulcans. I think what this movie does really well is it talks about the dark past that like, even when you know someone really, really well, like you're close with them, like everybody's got like their hidden things that they don't share with, sure. every, with anyone. And I think that's what Cybok is. I have two him. dicks. What? Sorry, what? What did you? I'm sorry, do? I got real there. It just got very strange and real there. Sorry about that. <laughs> I couldn't handle it. It was too intellectual. Sorry. Um, <laughs> like, and I, I really—that's what I felt like that movie did. Like, I believed that it didn't, it didn't feel like this. What? Huh? Who is this Cybok? That's crazy. Like, and they even said, like, you have a fucking brother. Like, what? Like, but I could see where knowing what Cybok's journey was, right? And who he, and how he rejects Vulcanism, so to speak, to embrace passions and whatnot. 
It's not something that Spock would fucking tell anybody. No, the, and you know, I don't you know? hate Cybok as much as I hate the god alien. Um, and and the rock monsters. What do you hate about the, the god alien in particular? It's, well, okay, one one I don't. You know, it being being a person who believes what I believe, it's all it's already a turnoff. Then it's it's a little insulting. But beyond that, and if I if I put that to the side, it's also not executed very well. You know, it's ultimately it's it's not. Its goals aren't clear. Its methods aren't clear. It's um, you know, and and look the fucking fan dance, the fan dance, dude. It's not good. It's not the good. Fan dance is glorious, and it made it's me not so, glorious. What's so funny is when we were watching it, like I actually stopped the movie and paused it there to have a tirade about you, to Mister A. Okay. I, was, I like just went off. Go. I was like, "Fucking fuck, Justin. She's fucking hot. Just because she's older doesn't mean she's not hot. Like, fuck that guy. I didn't it's say that. Bullshit. I and never. That's awesome not what dance. I think, though. It's not because it's not because she's old. I don't like. It's it's a matter of of. I feel like it's 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 kind of undignified. It's like, it's not her. It's not it's not Uhura. Uhura especially not old Uhura. It's you. It's not you know what? How many times did she like sing on the fucking ship? But that's the fucking show, and that was a long time ago. That's so not the Ohura who who listen. That's not the Ohura who steals the Enterprise in Star Trek Three. Okay, that's not. I disagree. That's not, she does what that, needs to be done. Like whatever needs doing, she'll do it. Like, like the, and it just feels and and it just feels like a writer's contrivance. And I hate when I can like it. Just it just didn't like. It is the movie that I one. It's dull to me, and I don't I don't get into the story at all. And the nice thing is that I have Star Trek two and three and four and six to watch when I want to watch original series movies. And I can skip one and five and not feel like I've missed anything. Oh, it's such a shame, though. Like you get so many. There's so many great performances in there and there's so much. There are. Like, and there's so many great moments in there. And like this is like what Mr. A said to me when it was over. He was like. Why don't people like that? That fucking movie is awesome. I was like, I know. I don't know what their problem is. I don't understand it. Like, it's fucking good. Like, I love it. And what's what's interesting, too, is I'm trying to think. I think it was the interviews for Star Trek VI because the question they kind of asked everybody at the end of Star Trek VI was like, um, how do you how do you think you're going to feel uh, like on the last day, like when they call rap on the last day? Because like, this is the end, right? And like, Almost everybody had some version of like, I mean, this is like the last, <laughs> like they've been saying it's the end a lot to us. Like, so I'll believe it when I see it. Like, I'll probably be sad, but like they told us it was the end when the show was over. They told us it was the end after the first movie. They told us it was the end after the second movie. Told us, you know what I mean? Like they've been telling us it was the end for a long time now. Like, so we'll see, you know? So, but- and, and let's, and let's be clear. Let's be clear. Kirk played Kirk again. In yeah. a major motion picture, uh-huh. Spock, Spock showed up on the Next Generation and then played Spock again in Star in Trek Star 09. Trek 09. Yep. Scotty shows up in the Next Generation and in Generations. Chekhov shows up in Generations and has continued to play tre- Chekhov in a number of the fan films. Uh-huh. Uh, Uhura has showed up in the fan films. Um, so really, what, the only person. The only person for whom it was it was DeForest Kelly. Because yes. every one of them put on the, whether or not they got paid big bucks to do it, every single one of them put on the costume again. 
sure. at some point. I think that I think that the difference is though, like something that they talk about, and this is something that I think I, I think goes to the heart of what, like they all talk about it, and it's something that I think goes to the heart of why I love. Um, and you know, I'm gonna get back to that in one second because the reason I brought up the Star Trek Six is one of the things they asked about. Um, uh, I, I think it was uh, Nimoy, and it was interesting when he was talking about all of the films. Uh, they, uh, I think one of the questions was, do you think it's a return to Star Trek? Was one of the questions as well. And he was like, well, I mean, I don't, I don't think it ever, I don't think it ever left, you know? And like, he, he's like, you know, I think we, we, we saw it in, you know, we saw it in four, we saw it in, in, in two, we saw it in three. Uh, and he like, I did, I did notice it was interesting that he didn't mention one or five when he says that we, uh. I don't know if it's a, if, if he actually meant to be indicating that they were departures somehow from Star Trek because I really didn't think five was like it was a lot like an episode in that they find this, you know, really powerful creature and like go, listen, um, we've done this. But before. He, like, he, he also helped write two directed. He also helped write two directed three and four, and four. and helped write six. Right. So, so that might be it, too. But like it was just that was I, I thought that was interesting. But. Uh, anyway, the other thing they all talk about, and I think is very true, and I think is the reason that the, the original series, to me, means so much, is this level of family that they kind of have. Sure. And I think they never did have that again. Like, after six, like, that was the last time it was, like, because they talk about it like it's a family reunion. You know? Like, that's how it feels for them. When they come, when they get called back to do this thing, um, they're being reunited with their family. And, um... And I think that they do that, <clears throat> that shows, you know what I mean? I think that you sure, feel yeah. there's, that there, with there's the a, There's a comfort, there's a comfort level that they all have with each other. Yeah. And it, and it absolutely translates. Like I was saying, even in, I want to say in Star Trek V, like it wasn't even just the three of them that like went out together. Like Scotty and, and Uhura were, were chilling together on their time off and, and Chekhov and, and, uh, and Sulu were like vacationing together. Like, and it doesn't occur to me, like, I mean, you just spend all your days with these people and they're like, hey, you got time off. Like, why wouldn't you want to peace out of them? And it's like, you don't because you fucking love them. And I love that. Like that to me, it's like, I just, I, they love each other so much that like, it's vacation. Well, what do you want to do? <laughs> like, I love it. It's awesome. And, and there were such good little stories that I had never heard before. Um, like from Nichelle Nichols in particular, there was one where she's talking about um, how she had planned on leaving Star Trek, which I did not know. Like, I had no idea. Oh, the Martin ever... Luther King story, yeah. Yeah, I had never heard the Martin Luther King story. And she tells it gloriously. Tell the story. Tell, tell the story. So so she goes up to Martin Luther King and says, I'm thinking about leaving Star, Star Trek. And he says... And he says, you can't. Like, and, he, and it's like, he and he doesn't say, like, not just like, I really don't think that's a good idea. Like, he's like, you can't. And she's like, I'm sorry? Like, like what do you mean I can't? Like, because, and I get it from her perspective, like, being an actor myself. Like, she's like, I want more. You know, it's not that I don't, like the show or the character, but I want, you know, bigger roles and, you know, more to do. And, and like, he's like, you, you absolutely can't. He's like, not just for women, not just for black people, but like for the world, they need to see this. Yeah. They need to see that th this equality in the future, they need to see that it, that it's possible. Um, like, and it's bigger than you being an actor, you know what I mean? And like, and she's like, well, so I didn't quit. Like, she's not at all regretful. She's so happy that she didn't. Um, and she, I mean, I'm sure the number of letters she's gotten and, and things, like, so many people attribute um, 
like what they've gone to, on to do in their lives and, and been inspired by to, to Uhura. Like Martin Luther King was motherfucking right. You know what I mean? And like, I think she knows that. Um, and I just, I think that's so great that she, that he told her like, this is bigger than, than you just being an actor on a show. Like this was more than that. And that she was like, you're right. And, uh, and stayed. And I think that's beautiful. And I think they all in their way were like, I know to me, they meant a lot more than just like characters on a TV show. Like DeForest Kelly got tons of letters from people where they would say, uh, they would, you know, attribute to him, you know, thank him for being bones because that's why they became doctors because of seeing bones. You know what I mean? And like, Oh, Jimmy Dewan has this heartbreaking story that he tells about how he like saved a girl's life. Like literally she was, he had got like some fan piece from her and, and she was very depressed and had pretty much been saying that she was going to kill herself. And he knew a guy that could track that. Like, it's not like there was any contact information on the letter. You know what I mean? It's not like he had any way, but like he had a friend and he was like, I need you to find me this girl. I need you to get me her number and I need you to do it now. And like, because he had because he took that initiative, like the guy found her, got his number. He called her up immediately and he was like, listen, I'm going to be at this convention near you at this time. He's like, I would really like to see you there. And like, she showed up and like, then she kept showing up like to every convention after that, that he would be at. And he like got to watch her like blossom and grow and, and become a, a beautiful, you know, fulfilled, happy person. And like his mother, like her mother had come up and, and, you know, at one point and told him that she had, you know, saved her life, her daughter's life. And I was like, oh my God. Like that's. I can hear you're tearing up while you're telling the story. I can't help it because it's just like, oh my God. That's so beautiful. Like that you, that you had such a profound effect on somebody. You know what I mean? Like that. And he didn't have to do that. Look what they did to us. I mean, look where we are. Look what we spend all our time doing. I know. Because of that. So on that note, um, as we as we gear up, uh, uh, by the time you guys are listening to this, it will be the new year. It'll be 2016. Huge Trek off things happening this year. Huge Star Trek things happening this year. Yeah. Um. Uh. Within 365 days of now, we'll have not only a new movie but a new show. Um, oh, please let the show be good. Please let the movie be good. You know. I mean, I'm I've sort of given Judge- up on hope on the movie being good. Please just let the show be good. You know, I'm encouraged that Simon Pegg has turned around and, and expressed that he was also upset by the trailer and that he said the trailer's not indicative of the movie and he's like, he's like, this is not... The fact that he came out and spoke out against the trailer was kind of nice. Really? We'll see. I didn't know that happened. Yep. Yeah, no, he came out and he was like, yeah, I didn't dig the trailer. That's not what the movie's all about. Really? So, okay. And I could, make that tra- I could make that trailer out of Star Trek First Contact. You know what I mean? I could make that trailer out of, out of you know, Generations if I really wanted to. Could you? Like you can cut a trailer to <clears throat> sure. Oh yeah. There are space battles. I can make a, I can make that trailer look like uh, the war against the Klingons. That's what the movie's really about. You know, that, which What? Is, you think so? Sure. There are Klingons and there's a Klingon bird of prey and they're battling and they're they're threatening and snarling and they're showing the Klingon yeah, you could absolutely do do that if you if you had to cut a, you know, a, a minute and 45 second trailer. You could do it. <clears throat> so I will I will withhold judgment until I see the film, which we will, of course, on opening. Oh well, yeah, I mean, I I I guess that gives me a, some fi- some faint glimmer of hope that if Simon yeah. Pegg said that, that's yeah, maybe we'll <laughs> see. For now, my name is Justin, and my name is Alex. Trek off in the new year. Trek off in the new year, my bitches. 
just finished the episode and you're like, hey, that was fun. I'd like more Trek off to put in my ear hole, to put into my brain part. Well, that's really easy. All you got to do is go to trekoffpodcast.com. There's over 100 hours of Trek off. It's free. Just go there, trekoffpodcast.com or search iTunes or whatever pod feed you use or trekoffpodcast.com. That's really easy. You can also like us on Facebook where you'll hear information about everything that we do. Like us there, especially hearing about trekoffmovie.com. That's our movie. We're making a movie based on this. The trailer's there. Links are there. Trekoffmovie.com, trekoffpodcast.com. Thank you for listening and Trek Off. Okay, this is the last chance I got. Before you go on to whatever else you're going to do today, please check out We Are Nerds. Go on iTunes right now before the podcast ends and just get it. It's 99 cents or Amazon, whatever you use to get music. It really does help us. It's a really cool song. We Are Nerds. Get it now before you do anything else. I trust you. I know you're going to do it. Okay, thanks so much. Bye-bye. You got me again. Why do we like to see characters die and it's terrible? Crying at home, it's embarrassing. Every show is like dead, dead, dead. And the wedding is red like the beheading of Ned. Jenny Calendar, Tara, and Anya, and Fred, Tasha, Yar, Uncle Ben, and Gwen. Why is it then we tune in? Every week for bloodletting, upsetting, the deading. We wind up betting. But this time, Moffat and Wheaton and Martin will soften the bleeding. But probably not. We wind up getting Charlie, not Penny's boat, and then...